Mandy Yakich from Creative Matters, and you're listening to Creative Matters On Air, where I have conversations with new and established artists from around New Zealand. I love to listen to artists' stories and learn about their creative process, and maybe you do too, which is why I've made this podcast, to inspire, inform and educate. I hope you can take away something positive and encouraging from each of these amazing stories to help you on your own creative journey. Welcome to Creative Matters Episode 4. Thank you so much for listening. Today I'm talking to Amanda Kemp. Amanda is a ceramicist and a painter who specialises in hand-built sculpture using clay, often in the form of jewellery and wall installations. She lives at Murawai Beach, northwest of Auckland, New Zealand, is a mother of two adult children and a grandmother to little Maui. You can see images of Amanda's beautiful work on the podcast blog, which accompanies this episode, on our website, creativematters.co.nz, or you could check out her website at uku-amandakemp.com. I know you're going to really enjoy hearing Amanda's story and the thinking behind her beautiful work. So sit down, grab a cuppa and enjoy. Welcome to Creative Matters, Amanda. It's so good to have you back here again. Yeah, it's great to be back. Yeah, and we're going to just tell the listeners that we did have a slight technical hitch with your podcast and... um, as I'm quite new to podcasting, um, and your episode was only, I think, the second or third episode that I'd recorded, unfortunately, we had um, a little deletion hmm. situation. Yeah, but it's all good. It's all it's good all now. Fine. Lots of great learning, and um, I really appreciate you coming back. For it's a... certainly no hardship to be here. Oh, it's nice. View and having a cup of tea with you. Yeah, thank you. So good to have you back. Okay, so let's do this, Mark 2. So um, what have you been up to? Ah, yeah, really busy week. Um, And uh, doing a a, a wood salt firing out at Auckland Studio Potters. Um, I actually missed uh, the main bit of the firing because I had a tummy bug, which was pretty frustrating. Oh, that's no but good. I did the, um, I got everything organized and helped with the stacking and, uh, missed the good bit, which was the firing and then helped unload. And so at least work got done. My work got in, which yep. is oh, fantastic because wood firings are really special. Um, yeah, and then the other part of my week was launching my new website, which is um, equally as exciting because it's taken me a uh, good part of this year to put it together. Um, it's been a real sort of family affair with my daughter, um, who's the uh, the main face and really beautiful spirit in there. Um uh, and my son, who has been very patient with the helping me with the tech side of things, so um, yeah, I'm really happy with it. I, yeah, I feel amazing. a great sense of satisfaction and achievement. Mm, I actually. bet you do. Uh, and I've, I've had a look at it actually, Amanda, and it's um, it's just a beautiful website. It's very easy to navigate. Um, the pictures are photographs are stunning. Yeah, and it really kind of depicts your place and your work. Beautifully, I think. Yeah, the pics were taken out here at the end of the Coast Road, which is sort of quite a remote part of the beach. Uh, And the pics were done by an incredibly talented friend, um, Kate Vanderdrift, who, uh, God, who works amazing. But um, we just had a beautiful day. We, the three of us, just sat down, set our intention and we just um, had fun together and uh, it was the feeling of the images um, was very much captured with the feeling of the day Uh, and yeah I just I just uh, just set the bar for a beautiful website so Mm. from there so yeah really happy to be able to involve your family 
Yeah, yeah, I, like I just wanted to keep it personal and intimate. I did actually get a lot of advice from people, don't use your daughter as the model and, you know, because you need a, a professional and don't try and do it yourself because it's too too bloody hard. <laughs> and it, it was hard. It was bloody hard. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I had to put a hell of a lot of different hats on and it certainly was using a part of my brain that has been pretty redundant. Mm. Um yeah, so uh, I had to, it's a very rusty part that's now shiny and, and clean. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was good for me. It was good for me to to do something that's difficult. It was, mm. you know, challenging, but I managed to pull it off in yeah. the end. You feel good now? You're yeah, gonna... feel feel good. Yeah, awesome. Well, we can talk about that again later. So um, do you mind just telling us um, about where you were born, your childhood, and um, what kind of kid you were? Sure. Um, I was born in uh, Manatuki, which is, uh, Gisborne was my big town, about 30, 40 minutes um, out of Gisborne, uh, near Young Nick's Head around there, another Moriwai actually, it's um, from one Moriwai to another. Oh, right. yeah, of course. Uh, my ancestry goes uh, right back on both sides of my parents um, to the Gisborne area uh, and um, yeah we lived on a vineyard uh, until I was about 12 um, and then we moved to the family family farm in uh, uh, you know closer into to Gisborne and um, at about 12 I suppose and um, yeah it was it was an interesting um, it was an interest it was a good childhood uh, my mother is wrong of Carter um, so you know very small Maori community Manatuki uh, and it was very grassroots um, and from there I went to boarding school at around 12 actually which is too young to be sent to yeah. away to school it was quite quite tough yeah I bet. got really homesick um but you know I had a decent group of friends around me which really helped um and uh yeah as a child uh I don't think I was very creative to be honest uh I was the middle child and um, in many ways just sort of fitted into the rest of my family, quite a big family and uh, yeah, I just felt like I was just a very average kind of <laughs> person who wasn't particularly, you know, interesting or important. Um, it's it's a weird thing mm, to say about no, myself. No, I, I can understand. Yeah, I, I think I felt yeah, a bit the same. I, myself really. yeah it's it's a funny thing mm. I've sort of like I've come to know that about myself I obviously had a slight inferiority <laughs> on me somewhere um but yeah I very much um felt like an average kid mm. with not really that much um special or or mm. interesting or whatever You're going a on. You're late developer, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It came to you later. Mm. And, and were your family creative or sort of artsy? Yeah, really artsy, uh, especially on my mother's side. Um, all artists, so very much um, creatives and um, with all the chaos that goes with that. And uh, so I was sort of quite not anti the arts, but I – didn't really feel like I just wanted to do that normal thing and go down that route like most of my family members. So when I went to boarding school, uh, they were very academically focused. So um, I picked up on that rather than the art side because it was um, it wasn't really that interesting or 
developed there uh, mm. and uh, became very interested in chemistries and sciences and that's what I ended up doing in um, in my study when I left school. Mm. Uh, and I can see the connection with the chemistry and science with some of your work now, which yeah, is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely uh, merged, uh, which is fantastic. My art, I would say has um, three tiers. One is the creative, one is the science, uh, chemistry side, and the other one is uh, philosophy, really. So mm. um, it, it did help me in the end. It was all part of building my foundation. Mm. Um, so, yeah, really helpful and important um, that those early years um, mm. with my you know, my building my academic side. So that yeah. was that was the right thing to do. That was the right path. Yeah, and in hindsight, it, it probably was an important stage in your journey. Yeah, towards what you're really doing important. Now, you may yeah. not have sort of connected at the time. Well, a lot of ceramics too is very much chemistry focused, um, and you know, there's also a lot of. Um, you know, working out how things are done, um, you know, how are made, how uh, problem solving, there's mm. so much of that involved in the arts. People don't realise that. Yeah. So, you know, to have that um, that wide kind of knowledge of, of, you know, a bit of everything really helps in the end getting that finished work done. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so after high school... Um you went to university? Yep, I did Consumer and Applied Sciences. I didn't actually finish that. I think I did, was it three years? And the reason I didn't finish was because uh, I found a sort of new love, and I suppose it was my creative side, um, in that I paid my own way and I paid my own way by um, working in restaurants in Dunedin and uh, in the holidays um, and I suddenly just my creative kind of gene just fired and I was just completely in love with um, creating food mm, oh and wow. I amazing. thought wow I just want to be the best chef Ever, you know, that I can possibly be. So, wow. uh, I um, I saved up. I did the Kiwi OE into London and thought, right, I'm just gonna get jobs in all the top places I can and start at the bottom and learn as much as possible. And that's what mm, I did. That's incredible. So, yeah, that's when my creative side really kicked in. I was just, and I you know loved it I mm. just let was la I was just so hungry for learning in that way um, yeah. and it was it wasn't just the making of the food it was the whole psychology around food that really interested me you know the way it brings people together mm. and you know the emotions that it creates you know when you make food and eat together and all it was the all of it, um, mm, and the visual and side the visual. Of it. Yeah, it was just oh, I was just so in love with it. Oh, and amazing. Then, and then I started painting food, and that is, um, yeah, that's that's the next next link. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's mm. that's how it happened. Mm. And I think I again I didn't really take myself that seriously uh, in what I was doing. Um, but what happened is uh, the place that I was getting my paintings framed at in London, um, they asked if I wanted to sell my work there because they were actually a gallery as well. And I was shocked. I thought, oh, mm. my God, you it's know. It's really common, isn't it, for yeah. people when suddenly someone wants to buy your work? Yeah, oh, it just I just never thought of it. And yeah. um, all my work was sort of under my bed. Mm. And uh, suddenly it all came out, and I had my first exhibition um, and shared exhibition, and it just went from there. Wow! And was that acrylics or oils? That was, I think, uh, a, that was mixed media. 
um, at that point I was just painting with whatever I had. Mm. Um, and they were colourful, loose, uh, you know, uh, pictures of what I'd cooked or what I'd seen or, mm. you know. So um, interesting. And were yeah. you taking photographs um, and sort of looking, storing those and then coming back to them? Painting, or were you? Yeah, just what you anything saw? really. Uh, it could be photographs. It could be, um, you know, just sketching there and then, and 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 going from there. Just whatever I saw in whatever format. If I liked the look of it, I'd, I just have to. I'd have to paint it. Mm. You know, I just have to. Mm. Uh, and um, I was pretty prolific actually. And when I came back to New Zealand. Um, I had a studio in Newmarket um, and sharing with, with other artists and I I produced quite a lot of work there and um, one guy who was uh, um, who was who loved my work he bought I th- about 15 of them in one wow. one hit to uh for his restaurant and oh. take a puna and Amazing. i was off yeah that's i was so off good. oh i didn't realize that mm. that's a pretty cool thing yeah it came was... from your cooking yep and was there someone who inspired you with the cooking like was there somebody who was a mentor to you uh at that time? my f- probably oh uh maybe um my uncle richard who spent a lot of time in europe he was um an artist uh but also the way he cooked was very European and also Pacific um, in, in its way, uh, in the way that I, I love. And, yeah, he probably rubbed off on me, mm. I would imagine. Mm. Um, yeah, food is generally a pretty important part of my family. We love food and we love getting together and, and you know, food and wine – uh, my family's got a, a wine business, um, great little vineyard. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's always been a big part of, of you know, the, the, my wider family mm. interests. Mm. All and being artists, it all kind of falls yeah, into the same together, hat, it? doesn't it? And really? you, uh, you still have an interest in food. Yeah, I, yeah, I love food. I I don't I don't. It's not really what I paint anymore. Uh, I haven't painted food for a long time. Mm, but interesting to go back to it, wouldn't it? See what happens. I don't think I could because it was. Uh, I really, really did it till there was no drop left. You know, <laughs> I just, I just, I was just so, um, you know in love with it that I think I almost burnt myself out in the food department but I do I do love um cooking still um I still you know love I I mostly love it when people cook for me to be honest (laughs) yeah I love eating other people's food seems to taste Um, so much better yeah even if it's something really simple you Mm. know I just I yeah food will always be a big part Mm. of what I love to of my life mm. really so after back in London with the cooking um you stayed there it was about 10 years wasn't it no 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 not that long oh. um about two and a half years oh, okay. that was when my you know visa expired and right. I was ready to come home then yeah. I was yeah I um was ready to I was missing missing everyone mm. um and uh yeah, I came home and lived in Titarangi uh, and then picked up. I did sort of part-time uh, uh, chefing and then the other part was um, was painting and then actually painting took off mm. and I was full-time from there. Full-time painting. And yeah. how long were you doing that? Uh, until... Maybe my hmm, just thinking. I'm not very good with dates, but I would imagine it would have been. Uh, I would have been doing it for maybe ten years or so, mm. um, and that was full time. Yep, full time. How great yeah. is that? I actually made pretty good living out of it, really. But I now I pretty much. 
it, it was being led by the galleries. Um, I was uh, in a great gallery in Wellington, actually, um, and you know they were selling a lot of work, mm. uh, but. I then started to want to change because, you know, my work, because I was changing Mm. uh, and it was becoming very abstract and my um, chemistry was starting to knock on the door. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, it became less sellable because of that. Mm. And I was actually okay with that because I I needed to follow my Mm. path. Yeah. Um, the gallery, found but it the gallery um, found it um, a little less sellable. Yeah. Um, but that's all fine. I was fine with that. I just needed to, you know, find a a different um, a different way of working things um, that fitted where I was mm. right now. But yeah. I think you know, and most of almost all of the episodes so far with the podcast has been. You know, we've ended up talking about that tension between mm. selling and, and making work that you want to make or what the gallery wants you to make. And yeah, it's, it's tricky. a hard one. Yeah, yeah it is. I think it's just one of those things that um, most artists, unless their work is very kind of mainstream and commercial, which is great mm. uh, for some, but if you are a, a bit more of a purist and you want to you know that the the more important thing is to keep that integrity and that Mm. authenticity with who you are right now Mm. uh, I think that that does always become an issue that you have to deal with Mm. and And I think you get confidence over time with that kind of thing I know with my own art practice I I'm much braver taking risks and doing what feels good for me, no matter what people think of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I important. think, I don't know if that's experience or personality or what. I think the more you do it, the more confident you feel about doing your yeah, own thing. Yeah, I, th- I think you've you've really got to believe in what you're doing uh, and you have to, there's always a transition time that you've got to get through. Uh, until people actually r- see what you're doing is good. Mm. Um, and, you know, as long as you can ride that and trust, actually trust, mm. and uh, is important that it will, you know, um, come through the other side. I, you know, and, and it's important that it's not just once that you do it in your life, it's multiple times. Mm. Uh, and it's yeah, it's fundamental to keeping that um, that authentic um, product that's um, you know that's got that um, specialness about it that's unique to you. Mm. Uh, and yeah, that's it's mm. it's really important. And it's, I think artists go through lots of different phases through their their journey, really, of you know when they. Start new things, um, try something different or try out new materials and it's almost like it takes you back sometimes to when you didn't have so much confidence and, you know, it would be easy in a way to keep going with what you know. But um, yeah, stepping yeah. out of, the, of your comfort zone I think is, is good. Yeah, it is very important. I um, I think that it's also important that you have, you know, I was just thinking of, of laying your initial foundation as an artist, I think, and I had this the one that I had a studio out here. Um, it was just a very wonky shed in the in the bush, and um, it's very difficult to kind of separate yourself before you work with you know the everyday stuff, you know the the top layers of you like, and it's it's. You know, painting from that place is is uh, it reflects you know where you are sitting at the time. Mm. Um, so if you can lay the foundation um, in yourself, where you really get in touch with yourself and you connect with your, you know, you make those connections with your surroundings and out you know I I kind of look at it like um you know you're very conscious of um 
you've got that deep consciousness within yourself, but you've also got that consciousness with things outside of yourself. You've made that connection. And that's the place that I like to work from. It's a very difficult thing to explain, but it's, um, I, I took probably 10 years getting myself to that place where I could very easily just tap into that so that that's the place that I work from wherever I am how whatever time I've got mm. I can very much get back to that zone yeah uh, and and work from there and what's your sort of what are some of your creative rituals to help you into that uh, I I don't actually have a ritual so much because I spent so much time, um, you know, get you know going through it in those two years. In the earlier days, I used to go. I did have a ritual actually. I used to go for a walk along the beach, and then I would come back to my studio and I would lie on the floor. <laughs> I <love laughs> Don't it. tell me too many people about that. <laughs> but I, you know, here I am telling everyone about it. Um, yeah, I'd lie on the floor and um, just, I suppose it was a form of meditation, you know, when you think of it. I didn't give it that label then, mm. but that's what it was. Um, and then when I felt like I was in that place, it might have taken me five minutes. It might have, might, might have been lying on the floor for the whole time. <laughs> quick snooze. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then I knew that I was sort of ready. Uh, mm. But now... Um, I'm able to step into my studio and I'm there straight mm, away. Yeah, but it was only that those years of pre- there's very there's very uh, occasionally if I'm really unsettled, um, mm. I'll I'll find it difficult. But generally, mm. I can now just just and I'm as soon as I walk through that door. Yeah. I'm in a, I'm in that place. Yeah, and sometimes it's when you have that place to go to, and it's your that's your signal to your entire yeah. body that this yeah. is time now. Mm. But also, maybe did you have children at that time when you had to do the the lying on the floor? Yes, I did. So and that might have yeah, had something to do with it. Yeah, switching I, off. I was very much in that mum time, and yeah. oh, you know, we all it's it's, it's, it's very difficult to to you know take that hat off mm. that mother hat on and yeah. put any kind of hat on after yeah, that exactly uh so yeah it it was it was um very good practice for me um and where i am now because you know i'm i'm incredibly productive when i walk in through the door i'm straight into it mm. and in the headspace that i need to be mm. and yeah i feel really grateful that's for great. that that's, yeah. um, and that's I guess that's from sort of from what you've been through your journey has kind of brought you to that place either spiritually or physically or yeah yeah it's all part of um uh, yeah, laying the foundation, as I said, you know, you need to go through those times. If I hadn't had any of that, um, especially the challenging bits, um, yeah, I wouldn't have this, this, you know, the reaping the benefits of, of what I have now. Yeah, absolutely. So um, your painting obviously evolved into a more of a sculptural, more sculptural based work mm-hmm. can you tell us about your process and your practice at uh, the moment? I think I got to the point where my work suddenly became less visual and more about you know my thinking brain um, and I was very interested um, in this idea um, around consciousness and um you know, the hard question of consciousness. And I felt that was really going to be my lifelong work, um, working around, uh, you know, the, the, the thinking of how what it is and who we are and how it all works and, and just exploring and really curious about all of it. Um, and 
uh, I then started developing these very sort of sculptural boxes um, that was all about – it was all going through different tiers to get to different levels, if you like, to get to the final level, which was um, inner consciousness and then outer consciousness, this connection with everything. Mm-hmm. And this was – you know, I was thinking about this 15, 15, 20 years ago, you know, which kind of blows my mind. Mm, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you don't expect somebody mm. to be thinking those sort of things, you know, when you're a very young mother. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I started, I, I, my, gra- my first step was memory um, and all the different, um, types of memory and I did uh, there were th- four types of memory and I I did quite a lot of work especially on autobiographical memory and I did uh, boxes that were housing little sculptural um, very abstract uh, whatever I could get my hands on to represent an emotion around a memory um, in these little boxes. And then on the outer was the, on the perspex was the chemical formulation that helped lay that memory down in your brain. Mm. So uh, a very kind of human um, emotional element um, inside mm, yeah. and then the very black and white scientific yeah uh, on the on the outer mm-hmm. and essentially the same thing but obviously very different mm. you know and were you uh, actually labeling emotions to help the viewer no not at all um, you know they lay they they took whatever feeling um, they wanted to from each little box mm-hmm. uh, everyone was quite different but I mean some were more sort of um, clear very clear like for instance it could be something burnt and charred um, in the box which most people would get as you know something that was difficult in a, in a, in a difficult emotion not everyone though mm-hmm. um, and some were light and very light and um, translucent mm. and ethereal and, you know, the emotion that they got from that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I loved doing um, doing those boxes. And I will pursue, you know, my work that I'm doing now is all part of that stream. Yeah, it seems to be quite connected. Yeah, it's, all, it's all connected. But I don't allow myself to be, um, excuse the pun, but boxed in. Mm. Um, I, I allow myself to go follow the paths that I think I should go down. But I think it is all very much the, um, the trunk, if you like, has been laid out for me. Um, and I will just, you know, uh, but I will I will have the freedom to kind of explore, you know, the branches really mm, as yeah. I, as I want to. I'll uh, I'll have a a a, a um, excuse me a photograph of that um, work on the blog so people can really connect with what you're talking about. Yeah. So from there, how did you come to working with porcelain? Yeah, porcelain. Um, I. I was living in Onihanga because my kids were going to Michael Park School, which is a fantastic school, by the way. Uh, so we actually had to leave Muriwai at that point, which was very sad. Mm. Um, but, you know, it, the the kids um, were loving the school and mm. the commute was too much. Um, but... Very nearby was Auckland Studio Potters and I just thought, shoot, that is just such a fantastic learning resource for me and it's just down the road Mm. and it kept, you know, niggling away at Mm. me and even though I had, you know, so much to do already and I thought, no, I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to fit it in somewhere and... Um, the universe was speaking to you. Yeah, obviously. and uh, 
Peter Longy, who is just, oh, he's just incredible um, man and artist, uh, was one of the tutors there. He had a huge waiting list at the time, but God knows how I managed to get a place. And I think I was taught by him for six, seven years or something. Mm. Um yeah, huge privilege, learnt so much and, uh, yeah, just just fantastic. Mm. And did he have the kind of a more experimental approach which you sort of continued with or yeah, he, were you learning more formal ceramic uh, things as No, well? he was very he, – he was my perfect teacher really because he, he – passed on a lot of information which was very helpful but basically he let you run and I needed to be let run because um, that's just the way I I work Mm. Uh, and he was very happy with that sometimes especially in the early days he probably looked at my work and thought oh my god (laughs) (laughs) what the hell up to (laughs) but I think he quite liked that um, because we've become friends and yeah he's he's always interested in what I'm you know up to as 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 I am with his work so Mm. um yeah, he was he was the perfect teacher for me, and I, you know, I mm. I learned that those years were so valuable. Yeah, and they really informed your practice. Going yeah, forward, yeah, they did, and it just gave me another medium to work with, um, which I now incorporate my painting and my ceramics together, and um, yeah, which is I I you know it's just such and it's so great to have. Uh, to be knowledgeable um, and confident in different mediums um, in order to express what you want to say Mm. in a more dynamic way, you know. And, um, yeah, that's really exciting for me to have to have those two mediums that I now feel really strong in. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that that sort of sets me apart a little bit from 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 the others um, out there because, you know, I, I love the way I can incorporate both mediums into the, into the one work. Mm, yeah, it's really interesting how you do that. So can you explain that process? Uh, well, for instance, um, I am big on sort of abstract markings. Um, so with my jewellery line, um, I, I'm i very experimental with the markings that I put on my jewellery, um, handmade markings, and then uh, straight into the clay and then I have another, um, you know, the glazing is also very experimental that I do. Mm-hmm. Technically, oh my God, that the jewellery line has been so, such a huge learning curve. I had no idea, really. I had no idea how, how huge um and how much i would need to learn mm. in order to you know end up with with a product that i was happy with in what in what way was that the material or it the was it was it was you know working with the of course i ended up choosing one of the most difficult place to work with mm. which is porcelain and i i work with um a porcelain called southern ice which is beautiful because it's uh, it's it, when you fire it's, it's fired at a very high temperature and it's semi-translucent in the end and I've got this thing about semi-translucency and light coming through it I, mm. I'm just in love with that mm. concept I, I also deeply love you know organic deeply deeply organic work which is the mud and the soil and the ochres and the stones and the you know all of that mm. I I love the contrast of the two and that's kind of where I'm I'm going to but um, back to what I needed to learn um, yeah porcelain a very difficult product to work with but I had to go through all the different clays of which there are 
so many in order to find that clay that was right for me or the clays you often have a few clays that you feel fit with you Mm. and then there's all I mean the chemistry the glazing the glazing is this whole new world of chemistry Mm. and experimental experimenting with with um you know ways it can work or not work Mm. and different colors yeah uh, and you love that process of um the firing that sort of mystery and yeah all of that you have no idea i've got to the point now where actually i've got some idea but I would literally be happy if I got one piece that was I was happy with for years mm. because I couldn't help myself. I was just experimenting all the time. Uh, I I just wanted to learn and learn and learn and learn and um, until I felt that it just suddenly just mook just you know fit into that place, but it that that felt right um but there was so much work involved in in every part of it and I think that that will be you know forever Mm, in my learning it is but I think where I am now I'm a lot more comfortable I feel you know confident uh about how much I know and um I now have an idea of when I open the doors of basically what's likely to be in there. Um, but you know, <laughs> you never know, you never know, yeah, you never know. And cool I, thing. I will always have a love hate relationship with that, but mm. you should not be a ceramicist if you can't handle that part yeah. of it. Cause it is just a huge part of it. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to, when you close that kiln door, just say, right, it's up to the, to the, the kiln, kiln gods. gods yeah. Yep. From now on. And, um, mm. Hands and, off, yeah. And for um, for people listening who might not be able to quite visualise what you're actually making, can you describe the jewellery and how it fits and sits yeah, on the body? Uh, well, the jewellery is mostly made from this beautiful southern ice porcelain, um, and uh, I've got various different glazes that I've developed over, you know, quite a number of years that have become my if you like signature glazes mm. and what, which colors would you say uh, are your signature colors? well they're all different um mm. which is nice because I think there's sort of um there's very they're all very different which is interesting isn't it mm. because you'd think that I'd go down you certain know color a certain co- I, but I, I do feel like it's kind of Earth-based and it is earth-based, sea-based and sky-based. Yes, that is true. I am definitely getting my inspiration from the view that I'm looking at right now, which Mm. is water. It's the ocean. It's the trees. It's the bush. It's you know, um, it is. It's nature-inspired, and Mm. it's that connection. That you know, that really rich connection with nature um that I draw that is my well that I draw from yeah no doubt about it and um if you you can feel that when you wear one of my pieces it's Mm. it holds that energy very very um tightly yeah um and and the pieces the clay um kind of sits on your chest doesn't it and sort of it seems that it seems to just sit quite beautifully I guess if if maybe the right person has chosen the right yeah, piece yeah. and then it's connected by chains is it? And yeah it's mostly connected by chains some are connected by um, a recycled sort of ch- uh, tubing with freshwater pearls on the end it's adjustable but most of my work now is recycled gold and silver uh, chains and um, 
Yeah, and it's very organic. It's no every single piece is um, one of a kind. I I'm never able to make two of the same, even if I wanted to. Mm. But yeah, very organic, um, very wabi sabi, as they say. Uh, I think there's something wrong with it if it's too perfect. I'll make it perfect and then I'll change it from there. So it does have, you know, a wonky, mm. uh, a wonky organic feel about it. But it's a wonkiness that feels, um, that feels natural and right. Yeah, uh, it doesn't feel wrong. It feels more right. Mm. Um, and you do believe in the right person finding Yeah, yeah. Generally, when someone wants to buy one of my pieces, they will know which piece is for them. It's so obvious they will pick it. They'll th- That's mine. There it is. Mm. It's right there. It they'll pick it them. up. They'll put it on and it'll just fit perfectly. It'll look, you know, just like they've been wearing it forever. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's a really... Um, I love that part mm, of the yeah, process. Special. You know, I'm generally making for others. I am. Mm. I'm not. I'm. I love what I do, but I am making for others. And mm. I think, um, yeah, I, I do love the giving part. You mm. know, the giving and receiving. You and know, it's nice in a way to be involved in that on a sort of personal level, isn't it? Instead of sending it all off. In boxes to some for somebody else to sell. I yeah, guess. I t- I think my work will always be very personal. I I because it's made and designed by me. I think I'm always going to be the core, uh, and you know that suits me and my business philosophy. Mm. Um, it'll it. I don't think that will ever change. Mm. Um, and to have that one in one contact, um, with whoever wears and buys my work um is is i think really fundamental it's mm. it's incredibly important yeah uh it's not a commercial product at all it's um and it, and it, i don't think it ever will be uh and i'm happy with that yeah and tell us about your wall Insulation. Yeah, uh they're bigger versions of my necklaces but they're probably more abstract um i'm a i'm able to go a little bit wilder (laughs) (laughs) with my uh with my wall sculptures um they are again porcelain but i use also um hand dug clays uh the clays that i'm using at the moment are from here um, one is a rich ochre colour, the other one is a, a sort of a, a red, um, beautiful red colour. Um, mm. And I've also got a black. Um, Can you actually combine with porcelain other clays? Not really because they shrink, they've got different shrinkages mm. when they go into the kiln, so there's generally a bit of a, a mess at the end. Of <laughs> trying to, I have actually worked out a combination of um, you know, making it into a clay that is fireable. Uh, and that has, again, been a huge process for me. So I do do a combination of the two. And I um, what I tend to do is um, add the uh, – if I make the porcelain um, body, if you like, I can press – the very raw um, uh, hand dug clays into the um, into the porcelain. So again, you've got mm. that lovely contrast mm, of beautiful. you know very smooth white, translucent mm. with the very raw kind of organic um, part of um, you know the dug clays. And mm. yeah, I'm I'm really fascinating fascinated with that contrast. I love yeah, it. Sounds beautiful. Um, and then you know holes through in which you can thread. Um, you know, more organic matter, which is you know maybe some some dried um, dried plants or uh, um, uh, maybe a beautiful piece of driftwood that's semi burnt or whatever through the work. Um, so it's yeah, it's, it creates a very localized uh, 
piece of art, mm. which I yeah. again love. Yeah, you know, um, and the firing process sometimes is in the la- in the yeah land. the the firing pr- process. The other, you know, the wood firings I love, but I do I love to do pit fires out here. Uh, that is. I adore pit fires in which you collect combustibles from the area. Generally, I do that from the beach. um, And it's, um, uh, you know, whatever will burn on the beach, you you collect and dry. It could be seaweed and shells or driftwood or, you know, uh, dead seabird bones or feathers or whatever because they all... um, in the burning, they give off different colours. Um, so it's very much a handprint of, of you know, the, the localised sort of area. What mm. what the what the end product is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know that you're living in in the city at the moment in an apartment. So, yeah. Um, do you always come back to Mirawai Beach for those materials, or could you go somewhere else? Uh, I could go anywhere actually now. Um, again, it's that connection is, I'll, you know, Muriwai will always have that deep sense of home for me as 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 does the Gisborne area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I now know that, you know, um, that, that connection is everywhere. Um, and anywhere I may be, even in the city, it's you know I've I've worked that out. Mm. <laughs> Took me a long time. It's pretty challenging. Yeah, but I now can get that connection wherever I am. Mm. That's great. Uh, and yeah, that's really great. But um, you know, I love the sea. I love you know the trees, the bush. Um, but. I don't feel deprived, mm. you know. I, I don't guess feel that you. sense of longing yeah. to to be somewhere else, you know. Yeah. I'm, and it's probably you probably carry a lot of that with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. think. I mean, I I lived in, in an apartment in Valencia um, when George was with Team New Zealand a while ago, and um, you know, with two kids in an apartment after living at Murawai Beach, it was. It was hard, yeah. and um, and I actually did some painting there, and I was back here when I was painting, and I everything I painted was sort of abstract views of this place, which was actually very cathartic for me, I think, and helped me in that sort of confined space. Mm, it yeah. kind of gave me openness. Yeah, and that's a it's there's learning in that, mm. you know. There's there's learning in that, you know, that you can you can connect wherever you are. Yeah. Uh, and it's that it's not it's thinking of yourself not just as that one little being, you mm. know. You are a being that's connected to so much else and you know you it's you know hopefully at some point you realize that in your life because it it's very freeing you know in many ways that um and it's it it helps to give you some kind of peace too Mm, yeah and sort of helps you to express what you're needing or wanting I find personally Mm -hmm. yeah um, so is there anything else you want to talk about with your practice or your process? Uh, just thinking. It's just such a huge thing. Mm. It's, it's all-consuming. Mm. Um, yeah, I I mean, I'm just really – I'm in a really good place right now. I, I feel very um, settled in where I am in, mm. in my work. Um, I know that I'll be learning – my whole entire life um I've still got so much more to do Mm. you know and I'm really excited about that and wherever it takes me you know I'm I'm so open to to where it takes me um but I've also sort of know roughly where I want to go to which Mm. is it's the combination of the two um but yeah I'm I I love having um, various different things that I'm working on. Um, I need that. I need to be able to have maybe two or three or sometimes four different things happening. 
uh, so that I can, if I feel like I'm in the in a zone for something else, I can pick it up, mm. um, and it just adds that point of interest. I think that's that really works for me. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just uh, feeling in a in a really good place. Um, with my jewelry line mm. um, it's it's been interesting because it's it's the most commercial part of what I do but I've I feel very uh, I feel um, very at peace with that because it's very much kept its integrity and I haven't compromised in yeah. any way yeah. um, you know it's something that I feel, people relate to where a mm. lot of my mm. other stuff would some people might struggle to relate to it because mm. I really pushed the boundaries on and on does that those. feel good for you does it make any difference uh as in the jewelry or um, the sculpture? people people responding to the yeah jewelry. I think that's actually really not I've never had well actually I did in my in my early mm. work everybody loved my food work mm. uh but I had a long period where I just went right on the outer mm. and was pushing all kinds of boundaries which I think is important yeah it's good for you yeah but of course you're very much in your own bubble <laughs> mm. but and it's great that what you're doing that you're you know the jewelry that you're making that you're loving so much that feels so much a part of you is people are connecting yeah, with it which is get nice it. they you know yeah. they and it's you know it's incredibly strong for some people you know mm. some people have said to me oh my god that piece was made for me you know that it's it's, it's it was made for me and mm. you know they definitely get a sense of that and I I think that's really mm, nice it's a beautiful compliment isn't it yeah I love yeah. that and um you know, but I also have the freedom to be able to go off on my own little kind of crazy path mm. and do something quite radical yeah. as well that nobody gets and that's okay. Yeah, and it's good. And it's like you said, it's nice to have kind of little compartments that you can jump in and out of yeah. in some ways. Yes. So what excites you about your creative process or about life? Or uh, I, well, I can, you know... Creating um, works of art can be incredibly frustrating um, as well as exciting. Um, and so it's a real mixed bag. It really is. You know, there are days where you just think, what the what am I doing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm sure everybody in sure. what, whatever work they're in yeah. has, those, has those feelings. Absolutely. Uh, but I think in the art sometimes it's even more difficult because it's just so um, – it's, it's just so uh, – it's all coming from you, mm. really. Yeah, you're driving <laughs> you know, yourself all, a lot of the time. It's all coming yeah. from – and you're creating from nothing, mm. you know. Mm. You don't have a lot of um, – you don't have a lot of crutches or help out there. It's, you know, it's if you're having a bad day, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just, you can just, live with yourself. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> Which isn't always easy. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I love that I'm creating something from nothing. Uh, mm. I love that. Um, I love the freedom I've got to think of an idea and and that I can you know, find a way to make that idea, you know, um, become a reality. Um, and, you know, the the rush and the um, adrenaline and the, and the thinking that I, you know, the, nothing, no time is wasted. You know, when I'm in bed, in the shower, just uh, drifting off to sleep or just doing washing the dishes or mm. doing the laundry, you know, it's always with me. I'm mm. always thinking, you know, just mm. just sitting in that sort of almost semi-subconscious place. Just yeah. my brain is just always thinking how it's going to work and yeah. where I'm going to go, mm. but not – in any forced way it's just doing its own it thing naturally and then as soon as I walk into the studio it's you're into ready. it yeah into it yeah and, and I um, think you do artists do have to put a lot of 
thinking time into what they do and I think that's what's hard sometimes when you're a mum or you've got a busy job to actually have that clarity or that headspace and even just you know the fact that you're really looking closely at things around you as well as as doing the thinking I think that's so much a part of the practice isn't it yeah it's it's a huge part of the practice I think without that you're not going to get that richness at the end Mm. that's so important yeah uh I my feeling is I um it's actually helpful to me when I've got lots of other things happening because it's like that little sacred place in my head Mm. that's exciting and keeps me buoyant you know that I've got this this project or this thing that I'm working through and um it's very helpful that's always been very helpful to me Mm. in life not always easy because most of the time you're working through challenging you know things that you have to to work through that that are are sometimes very difficult but you know at the end it's it that purpose and that um feeling that you're going to create this really interesting piece of art at the end of it whether it's a necklace or whether it's a um you know a a wall installation Mm. it's um you know it feeds you doesn't it it does it feeds your deep you feeds Mm. your soul really and it's so enriching Mm. and you know I'm I've been I feel incredibly grateful to have had that most of my life Mm, and to hopefully have it until you know one day I'm not here anymore Mm. you know hopefully you're in the fire pit yeah (laughs) (laughs) well that could be an interesting piece of (laughs) jewellery well you know bones are actually blood and bones are actually used extensively in in pit firing so really there you go Oh, funny. Okay, so I'm just wrapping it up. What's in the future for you, do you think? Uh, The future for me, I think, is just to do more of the same and just, you know, follow my path into, you know, I've got my my life's work and probably a couple of other life's (laughs) works, you know, sitting there for me. Uh, But I'd like to get, um, some of my work into Europe um, because uh, jewellery in particular is very seasonal. So I, um, I've i got some thoughts on that and I'll be working towards getting my work over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, but my, you know, locally that is, that is absolutely, you know, key. Um, so I'll be working away at that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um I can actually see your jewellery on the catwalk. Yeah, I I would love to do a um, collaboration with, you know, a New Zealand um, uh, designer, Mm -hmm. um, someone who fits, you know, fits the spirit of of what I'm doing. That would be... That would be fantastic. Mm, Be amazing. Um, And if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I'll just keep, um, doing my my improving on my jewelry and maybe creating new collections, you know, as I get inspired by different things. Uh, and I will also be, um, you know, off on my tangents and going crazy with my um, my wall sculptures too. Mm. That will that will, you know, be in a, a never ending. Yeah. Um, uh, love that you know I I will pursue forever Mm. so um having lots of fun with yeah I can't I can't wait to see what what other things you come up with and how your practice develops because um you know I think it's such beautiful work and I think I need to own one of your necklaces oh I nearly took one a while ago but it didn't happen so (laughs) obviously it wasn't the one oh well if it's meant to be it'll meant to be but I I can definitely see you in one Mm -hmm. you'll have to come and call by my studio yeah I've just got some fantastic work out of the wood kiln really oh Oh, I can't wait to see it yeah 
Exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Cool. Oh, well, such a lovely chat. Thank you, Amanda. And um, I'm just going to finish now with a few quick Kiwi questions, Mm -hmm. which might not be quite as spontaneous because we have done this before. (laughs) So (laughs) I should should think of some other ones. Don't worry, I've already forgotten. (laughs) Even though it was last week. So um, pavlova or roast lamb? Oh, that's right. Um, Definitely not roast lamb because I don't really eat meat these days, although I did have a chicken sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's rare. Um, So I'd have to say the pav. Okay. Beach or mountain? Beach. North Island of New Zealand or the South Island? Oh, yeah, that's really impossible for me. Um, Oh, God. God. can, do I really have to say one or the other? Well, you can say both. If you I want. can. Yeah, I I love both. For I love both. Reasons, I, I, I any parts that are raw. I love the um, East Cape of the North Island because, of course, that's where I'm from. But mm. all the way up to the tip. Yeah. Um, I love the the upper north. I very upper upper north, and I love the East Cape. Those are my favourites. But South Island. Oh God! Yeah, you know, I don't even have to say anything. The South Island's yeah. just, I think incredible. we're pretty lucky wherever you go. Really, in New Zealand, it's pretty beautiful. Mm. All right, well, I'm going to wrap it up, Amanda. Thank you so much for being the most patient, generous, kind, loving friend. Oh, <laughs> I have to, uh, as I said at the beginning of this episode. You know, we I did have some issues and uh, and lost your podcast that we recorded last week. And, um, you know, when you're trying something new and you're slightly out of your comfort zone, it's it's not always easy, and especially when it involves somebody else. <laughs> but um, And I can't quietly sort of make these mistakes with nobody knowing. That's a scary thing. Um, but, you know, I really appreciate how good you were to me. Oh, and um, you're so welcome. I mean, at the end of the day, it makes you better at, at what you're doing when you go through yeah, that exactly. stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's actually quite nice to have a second conversation because I think we um, came up with a few new things and went down slightly different tangents mm, and different did. roads, yes. which was nice. So, yeah. yeah, I feel doubly blessed to have had two beautiful conversations with you. So thanks, Amanda. Good. Thanks, Amanda.